Welcome to the Breakthrough Advisor Podcast. In this podcast, we inspire advisors with ideas and pathways to break through barriers and build a thriving retirement income business. We will interview innovative technology developers, business leaders, and successful advisors, then help you organize and execute these ideas to move your business forward. Hello and welcome to The Breakthrough Advisor. I'm your host, Eric Johnson. Today, I'm speaking with Brett Sasso. Now, I I gotta tell you, audience, I have been talking to Brett just before the show started, and this guy has done it all. (laughs) He's got a a huge list of things that we're gonna be talking about today. But just to give you a little bit of background, Brett is the president and CEO of Live to 100 Incorporated and the founder of the Retirement Architecture Program. Welcome to the show, Brett, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you. Just the small things that you were sharing with me before we're talking. You've done some radio, which your voice is fantastic for this show right now. Um, <laughs> I know you've got a TV commercial we're going to be talking about here in a little bit. You've got a magazine that's come out that's getting rave reviews. I'm excited. I, let's talk a little bit about your background. Let's. Uh, so where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Live to 100 Incorporated? Kind of that history? Yeah, you know, the once upon a time, I think, is always, you know, I, I used to tell clients that I would meet, say, uh, tell me once upon a time if you don't know where to start. And, and that's kind of how I look at this path to where I am today. Never before have I ever been able to connect the dots in my life and realize that it brought me to a place where I really believe I belong. And, mm. I, and I think I'm positioned now to have a big impact on a lot of people's lives. And I look back at the things that I've been through and realize that they all came together. And I, I'm not saying that this is, you know, something divine or, or, or faith or karma. I, I, it's just how I've connected my life dots and what I'm now doing and, and why I'm so passionate about what I am doing. And uh, I think when I, when I share that story with people, it, it does get them to understand that there's a lot more here than just a clever two-minute TV commercial or mm-hmm. a magazine and the things we created. There's there's a lot of heart and soul behind everything we do here. And I've surrounded myself with people that understand that and share that same conviction to doing things right, working hard, being passionate about our, our, our goals and our missions of the company. Okay, let's talk about those dots. What's the first dot we're talking about? Let's go back. Well, the first dot, kind of a parallel, and I, I think it really makes sense when you think about the time period between, let's say, the year 2000 and the year 2010, right? And and I kind of measure that as some of the, I almost call it a worst case scenario, right? It's it's kind of the worst of the years with the market. Oh, yeah. For me, it was some of the worst years of my life. I got really impacted by a couple of the real estate downturns here locally in the Hudson Valley. So I'm, I'm located about 90 minutes north of New York City. Mm. Uh, we're, we're in the mid Hudson Valley region is what it's called. And, and we were the bedroom community for IBM came out of college. I only went two years of school, which back in 1982 was actually pretty good at the time. Didn't need a master's. That was kind of like uh, not many people would shoot for the master's in 1982. Mm -hmm. But I immediately went into the building business because I'm I'm a very hands-on and I have like an engineering mind. I've got really good visuals and I, I really aspired to become a builder. I had a short, brief time at IBM, which I did not like the corporate environment. And I kind of broke my dad's heart at the time and said, hey, dad, I want to quit IBM and I want to go build houses. So uh, mm-hmm. as a supportive dad, I think I, he also lived a little vicariously through me because I think he too would have liked to have pursued that. And I had a lot of a good start in the industry. And um, 
I worked really hard. I was one of those guys that would work every day. Thanksgiving, Christmas, there wasn't any day that I didn't go out to work. And I always thought that if you worked really hard and you did the right thing, you would prevail. And I, I really believe that. And I used to believe it. And today I don't believe it at all. I don't mm. believe it's what we individually do that determines the outcome of our lives. I think it has a lot to do with all the conditions around you. And I went through a, a rapid growth period and things were going great started a, a multi-lot subdivision in my 20s, which was a pretty tough thing to do. And the first of these economic downturns happened when the IBM company decided to close their Kingston plant, which is about 20 minutes north of me. Mm. And they basically relocated or eliminated 12,000 jobs in the area. Wow. And at that point, I realized, wow, you know, this, this isn't something that I could have planned for. It's almost today's COVID, right? It was a little local disaster that was created by, you know, what I believe was stock market-driven decisions at the top level of IBM, not community-driven, which is how IBM had usually practiced its business. It was a mm-hmm. tremendous employer here in the Hudson Valley. So there are things where you start to realize, oh boy, I'm in trouble. I was losing more money than I could possibly make. It took me three years to create a subdivision. I had to, in the fourth year, delete all the lot lines to try to hold on to the property and realize, oh, I better, I better start moving a little bit out of this building thing because it's going to get really, really bad. And, and it did. Uh, I kind of moved into the banking side and tried to evolve into the banking because banking seemed to have a better run because of refinancing. Mm -hmm. The houses that were being sold in the Hudson Valley all needed mortgages. So I I kind of used some of my relationships in the building and I got into the banking side. And now we're we're into the 2000s now. And we all know what started to happen in the 2000s. It's it's when the party runs too long and, and is too good everybody gets a little wild and that happened. And uh, I also did start to see that, the writing on the wall for that. And I, I kind of realized that we were introdu- introducing mortgage products that didn't make any sense. It started to become more and more apparent that we were having a housing bubble and a financial bubble. And I, I got very nervous and I actually went out on the public speaking tour at that time and I did radio. That's how I got introduced to radio. Mm-hmm. I was guest on shows like Coast to Coast with Jim Bohannon, and I, I did a lot of a lot of different media tours at the time. They were calling it satellite media tours, et cetera. You're probably familiar with that, Eric. Mm-hmm. And then I also did some television. I, I got to be on CNBC, but not on the uh, the current world of CNBC. Back then, they had shows like Steals and Deals, and they had more of a variety of shows instead gotcha. of just you know total finance. And what happened with the mortgage industry? was really, it, w- it was almost today's parallel is what I see in the financial service industry. I see there was a buildup, there was a euphoria, you know, everything was coming back out of the dot coms. And the, it, again, it's just, it's like a party. I mean, the party rages too long. People usually get in trouble, right, at the mm-hmm. end of the party. So uh, personally, I got myself into a big problem. You know, I started to get to the point where I had used the second mortgage in my earlier years to try to build the subdivision and the housing. I personally got into one of those bad kind of adjustable rate mortgages that Mm. was guaranteed to go up, basically. Back then, it used to be called 
margins and, and uh, indexes, right? So if you had a certain margin against an index, it would determine how high your mortgage would go. I got myself into that whirlwind of despair and things going wrong. And again, these are things that I couldn't have predicted that the housing world would collapse the way it did, but it did. And yeah. what I see parallel today is kind of what's going on with COVID. You know, I have a young I have a young guy here working. He's now one of our account executives. He was a, a radio jock at one time. He had a tremendous business that tied to the wedding industry, a DJ, beautiful wife, three great kids. She had a fantastic job, was working at, a, at one of the schools and making a good income. And I was kind of watching him and saying, well, what a great life that this guy started. And COVID hits and the wedding industry goes away. Yeah. And... <laughs> The college that he was working at decided to cut him and 46 other people. It's like going back in time for me. Mm-hmm. And then in the same two-month period, his wife lost her job. And he called me because he was a client here. And he said, I don't know what I'm going to do. My world, I just lost three incomes in less than two months. Yeah. And it yeah. really took me back to some of the, the, the things that I went through. Well, I offered him a job on the phone call. Mm-hmm. I said, I want you to come here Monday. I want you to work for us. Now, I didn't have that when I went through this. Everything in our world just melted down. And there's parallels. And, and again, this is part of, and sometimes I even get emotional when I talk about it because it was such a, a paralyzing time for me because yeah. everything was bad. And things that I couldn't control and, and the depression of feeling like a failure, even though you got up every day and worked your butt off and, and tried to do the right thing and help other people, and I, I found myself just in that vacuum where you couldn't get another job. You couldn't just start a business. If you remember the, the lines in New York City, the, they were almost like soup lines where people that were making money on Wall Street were standing in line with their resume trying to find a job. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just a, a really, really bad time. And when you're in it, you don't realize that uh, it could have happened and you think it could never happen again. Well, I got into a point where my house was in jeopardy and I got incredibly depressed. And there, there's things that people do in life and there's a tipping point. And mine, I like to say, was the fact that I had a little baby girl. Mm-hmm. And I could remember some nights laying there saying, I, I, I don't know if I'd still be here today if it wasn't for my daughter. Yeah. That moment gave me the reason to keep fighting and moving forward. I had to resort to the worst of the things, you know, the scarlet letter. I I had to file personal bankruptcy. I did not want to lose my house. I had to do things and I I was always in a reactive way. How do I I get to tomorrow? And business people, especially good, solid entrepreneurs are able to kind of find, dig deep, right? And you look at all the things. One of my favorite movies, Apollo 13, where they're trying to figure out how to get these astronauts back. And and one of the lines... You remember the line Ed Harris said, what do we have that works? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, it's I tell you. at that point, right? I mean, you just, you're desperate to find one thing. Just please show me anything, one thing. Anything, yeah. right? It was, it was, in that movie, it was duct tape and a square yep. box to go into a round hole. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would watch that movie, and I still do today when I feel that things are just getting complicated. And I, you just have to have some inspiration to say, maybe there's a way out of this. And I went a difficult path. I, I went into the, uh, they call it a 100% plan, where you go into a, 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 the protection of the federal bankruptcy courts, but you're not there to 
to walk away. You're, you're there to pay and to put people like the IRS into a box and say, now you hold on, I'll pay you, but it's under my terms, not your mm-hmm. crazy terms. And it, for me, it was something that gave me a, a real lease on life. It gave me the ability to free my mind and say, okay, what do I do next? And that's what brought me into the insurance space. Real estate, I swore it off. I'd never go back to it, even though I still love the idea of building and construction. But I, I was looking for what happens when people get to be my age. What, what do they do when, fierce, when faced with obstacles like retirement? Mm-hmm. And I did not go back to real estate. I swore it off. I, I learned about insurance. I realized that there were safe harbors that we could use, that annuities weren't bad, that life insurance wasn't bad. And I started realizing that as an entrepreneur, as as a marketing person, that if someone could introduce the baby boomer generation to the amazing products and services that insurance provides when facing the worst of the worst, that if, if somebody could figure out how to connect those dots, that could be a way to help people avoid what I believe is coming, which is a meltdown. I, I think that we're going to be looking at many years of, a, you know, it, it, whether it's the Trump-Biden show or it's the one after that, this country is going to experiment in socialistic policies and the, the, the haves versus the have-nots. And we still don't know what the outcome of COVID is going to be. We don't know mm-hmm. how many people are, are going to lose everything. We don't know how many people are going to lose their homes. It, it's still... The government infused the money early instead of late this time, and, and they've kind of covered up all the pain, but we all know it's out there. So what I believe I'm doing is I believe I'm going to keep that person, maybe it's one or two or three people in the country that might be home one day in the near future saying, everything that I've done has gone bad, and, and I, I can't stand life, I can't stand where I've come to. And it will be one of those blind sides. It'll be one of those things where it's not that they didn't work hard and that they weren't good at raising their family and that they weren't good people in their community. It's just that all of these other conditions went against all the good things they did, and it caused them to lose everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I truly believe that the advisors out there need to look at things from that perspective, that it isn't always about growth. It isn't always about being... The, the last 10 years will dictate the next 10 years to come. I think they have to realize that these are people's lives and, and getting it wrong could have casualties out there that, that they don't particularly understand. I understand it. I was one. Mm-hmm. I was young enough. That's really the difference. If, if what happened to me in my, you know, my 30s, 40s, and, and early 50s was if it happened to me at 70, what would have been my outcome? Yeah. And I had a gentleman and I spoke to, I try to call people that come in from the TV commercial. We've had 25,000 people respond to that TV commercial wow. in our first seven weeks. Mm. You know what that's like, Eric? That's Have you walked ever walked down a sidewalk and something made you turn around to see who was behind you? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what's going on with our TV commercial. I think the baby boomer generation realizes that everything they know isn't making sense right now. And they're not grasping for straws. They're listening to their inner instinct that's saying things aren't what they appear. This, this could go wrong for me. And for 25,000 people to respond to a TV commercial, especially about finance, that's pretty good. You know, I know that there's been a half a million people that have been to the site, but the reaction has been incredible. So 
we've been working feverishly and diligently to to take our message and then the people responding to it and try to bring them to people in their local communities who can actually help them with some of these potential life-altering events that could come their way. And uh, that's what retirement architecture is all about. So uh, it, it, people say, what's your why? My why is I, I don't think anybody should ever feel the way I felt those few weeks in my life and have to think about money and life. And I, I just think that it, it is one of the most dangerous and scary places a person can go. And today I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I've got a, a very uh, good business. I, I've, you know, I have my home, I have my children, I have everything in, in life that's important to me. And it's because I, I had hope and I had a, I had that entrepreneurial belief that I can make it better tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. What a great story and a heartbreaking story in, in a way. It is. The, yeah. The trials that you've been through, but again, call it whatever you want. You're here today because of the fact that you went through something, kept your head up, even if you had to have other people around you kind of holding your head up for you sometimes. And I've, I've been there where it's just like, I just need somebody to come, you know, help me out here. <laughs> you know, just yeah. give me a little bit of a, a boost or a lift to just help me walk along this path until we have our own strength to continue and then get energized and overcome, right? Yeah. So and for me, that. it was a it was a one year old kid, right? That's Absolutely. what was my because I was too proud. I was too proud to ask people for help. I was too mm-hmm. proud to wear my heart on my sleeve. It, it, it wasn't in my it wasn't in my being to be weak and feeble. So now I believe that we're what what I've again the points, right? The points that come together, the connecting of the dots. Mm-hmm. And I realize when I see people, and I, I talked to a gentleman in Kentucky the other day, and. This guy just lost his job during COVID. He's 59 years old. He's got about $500,000 left to his name and in, inside his retirement plan with the employer that he left. And uh, I, I don't think he realizes his concern was growth <laughs> and not preservation. And I, uh, I'm going to call him myself. I, I kind of read the notes on the file and we talked briefly. And I said, you know, I, I want to re- I want to basically come back to you. I want to get one of the local financial advisors involved here that are in your area. But I think your focus might be a little bit wrong right now. You're, you're focused on growth when you should potentially be thinking about preservation. So what we did, Eric, is I, I used a little bit of my mortgage background, a little bit of my building background, mm-hmm. connecting the dots. And in the mortgage industry, there were these things called adjustable rate mortgages. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that got me. Like I didn't read... The paperwork. I didn't know that if interest rates didn't go up, my payment would go to nine and ten percent. I didn't realize that. And mm-hmm. the worst case scenario kind of came to me when I was going through the compliance rigors of the retirement blueprints and all that we do. And it dawned on me that there's no worst case scenario out there right now in the that I can find in the financial world where people that are looking to retire are being presented with what could go wrong. They're being presented with growth and and this ongoing bull market. And that means that they're doing the same thing that people got caught up with in 2008. They're not acknowledging the fact that things can go wrong and it can happen very quickly. COVID is a great example. Now, most people, including me, thought there'd be a V-shaped recovery after COVID. Why? Because it was like a meteor fell out of the sky. Mm-hmm. But 
when we look at the PE ratios of some of the companies that are, you know, building up 401ks, evaluations are are so high. I, I tell people to look at the Schiller PE ratio all the time to at least get an idea of where their value is and what they have all their dollars tied up to. We look at the current election environment. We don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. We have a the divide is probably as big or bigger than it's ever been because the direction the country can go in is is an experiment. It's not something that we've ever done. And I think the conversation needs to be more about what could go wrong and then how we can mitigate that. And then how can we also allow for the upside? And it's a, uh, to me, it's a three pillar plan, super safe, a little hedge for, for the, when the times are good, and then a little bit more risk because the other two verticals or pillars are there to help people. So mm-hmm. we've developed our retirement blueprint into more of a worst case scenario. We, we developed it into a way that people could be exposed to the worst of what we think things can be. And unlike the mortgage business where they told you what the worst would be, we can only speculate on how bad it could be. And that's what we call the worst case scenario. So we use the 10 years from 2000 to 2010 or 2009 and we say, okay, arguably the worst years of the market. Mm-hmm. What would happen if that stitched together for a, a, you know, a repeat? Maybe we get caught in that over the next 10, 20 years. For somebody to say it can't happen, they're as bad as, as somebody who could say that it is going to happen. And the reality is we should be exposed to that it could happen. And that's what we do. We, we try to get people to focus on if taxes were to go up to pay the, the sins of the country and it happens in your retirement, what would that mean to you? And if the, the bull market turns into a long lumbering bear, what would that do to your lifestyle and retirement? And then what we try to do is encourage the financial professionals who, who align with us and, and our conversations with the consumer to say, please dignify that concern. Don't, don't poo-poo it away. Don't say, yeah. oh, stop, it can't happen. It's never happened before. Well, the stock market isn't old enough to go into the Smithsonian yet. So how do we have so much history to know what the future will be? Mm-hmm. So our belief is that if we can get the conversation to at least start with how bad things can go, then the people who don't want to get blindsided, who have enough but don't have enough to lose it and they don't have the time to get it back, the financial professional could be providing an incredibly valuable service and the consumer can at least have exposure to things that maybe they're not seeing on their their Fox News or their CNN. And so much of the, of the media today is telling us what we should be thinking, not allowing us to think. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because you spoke about annuities earlier and i know that you are fighting a battle on a daily basis trying to change people's minds because there has been so much negativity around insurance and annuities and because i know that there have been bad products that were created just like there were bad mortgages that were created Um, yes we're trying to dispel that we're trying to get rid of that that myth it's not that there weren't bad products out there but there are so many positive good options how is that battle going for you well it is difficult and it's interesting when it comes to insurance in general everybody hates it until they need it you know you hit you you hit the tree and it's like oh boy i hope i have collision on this car or oh and every you know every wake that i've ever gone to in my life there's always that whisper did he have life insurance Mm -hmm. and you know it's an interesting thing that we don't like it but 
It's because we don't understand the definition of it. The whole idea of insurance is to transfer the risk. Yep. And if you can have that conversation with a person and say, how are you transferring the risk of what could go wrong? See, the worst case scenario identifies that it can go wrong. For the advisors that I coach, I say the question I would ask every single person is, have you done a worst case scenario on your retirement plan? 100% of the responses will either be, what the heck is that? Or I don't know. Mm -hmm. So it gives us an opportunity to start at least talking about why insurance is important. And especially when we believe that things can be bad. If you believe your health is, is could be bad, you might want to think about a life insurance play. But now I think we have to look about what can happen with our money and do we need to transfer some of the risk of the down markets? And unfortunately, the Ken Fishers of the world who have a very loud microphone, although his has been turned down a little bit as of late, they take people, and, and this is one of the things that I completely despise is when people that have the microphone put everybody in the same basket. Exactly. I hate annuities. Really? Is that for everybody, Mr. Fisher? Or is mm -hmm. that for just your clientele that have millions of dollars? If that's your marketing tactic, shame on you. If it's to tell everybody something's really bad and then weed through, because I, I did it. I went in, I filled all that stuff out and I've had those guys call me. And I said to them, you know, I really wish I had a pension. And if I could buy a pension tomorrow, I would. Well, you would think that a financial professional would tell me, well, have you ever looked at a, a product like an annuity? And, and they're not doing it. And this mm -hmm. is the problem that we're trying to address by telling people, hey, these are the things you need to talk to your financial advisor about. And yes, you don't have a pension. God, I wish I had a pension. I, I should have gone that path when I was a kid. I always say when I meet my high school guidance counselor, him and I are going to go outside for a few rounds <laughs> Because I would have gone for the pension. I probably would have gone into a trades union or, or something like a lot of my friends did. But the, the idea that we have to get over that has got to happen through a different path. You can't just run into a house and say an annuity is the right thing for you because you're going against what the, what the press has been able and, and the advertising has been able to put in people's minds. Mm -hmm. So the way we do it is we address the problem first. And do you? And again, we do this, Eric, by encouraging people to have a conversation around things like taxation. I survey people all the time, and I say, "What do you think the likelihood is that taxes will go up?" And there's not ever a doubt in anyone's mind mm -hmm. or in the response that taxes have to go up. Yeah. Well, if that's what you believe, if you believe your car is going to hit the tree then you need to start doing something about that. And we're very big proponents for using Roth laddering strategy into a fixed index annuity. And, and when you look at that concept and you, you look at the idea that if you've got a CPA who's recommending Roths and they're saying to their client, you need to move your money into a Roth. Well, if that's what they're doing and they're leaving the money in the market, potentially if there is no V in the next uh, market drop, you could be encouraging people to pay tax on money they'll never put in their pocket. Mm -hmm. So we're very big proponents to encourage the conversation to be, how do I do both a Roth and how do I protect the money in it? And we love the idea of the fixed index annuity being the vehicle to do a Roth conversion over the remainder of what we hope will be the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. But again, you just can't go out there and expect to change weeks and months and years of radio combat from the likes of the of the Fisher group and even Dave Ramsey and 
and uh, the Susie Ormans. And, and not that I have any problems with any of them. I actually believe that Dave Ramsey serves a very valuable purpose. He keeps people that shouldn't do things, you know, that don't have the mm-hmm. affordability in, to do those things. But yeah. again, it's a little bit more of that one-size-fits-all recommendations that I just don't believe in. So we don't do that. We, yeah. we try to help people at least get their, their dollars into a place where they could see what a worst-case scenario would be. And then again, having that conversation with the financial professional. And that's why we use a referral system, because I know I could create this conversation. And if a person goes to the, to the advisor who thinks, I'm crazy, and, and what we recommend is stupid, well, that's going to be the end of it. But I know mm-hmm. that if we can bring people to, uh, and what I t- the way I position it is, we believe you should have a second opinion from a third party who's disconnected right now from you financially. And let them address this worst case scenario. Yep. And be open-minded to products that you may have not thought were important because no one's ever given you a worst case scenario. So why would you talk, had a conversation about certain products that are designed for that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're running really short on time, Brett. I want to touch on, I want to ask you about the magazine. I love the magazine. So the magazine, we and this is probably a whole nother show, we actually had a <laughs> series that we were going to create called Live to 100. And the series was going to chronicle the lives of baby boomers who were using this, this approach of identifying a worst case scenario and getting themselves the confidence to do things. Well, we filmed one day of the series and COVID hit in New York. And the producer called me and he said, hey, buddy, if we go down this path and we build five incomplete shows, you and I are both out of business. Yeah. So it was, again, one of these things. It's it's connecting the dots. And my answer to it was, well, I still want to tell the story about these people. So I said, what the heck? What's it take to build a magazine? So I challenged my team. I said, we got seven weeks to build a beautiful magazine. I want it to be when someone opens it, I want them to see the value in it. Uh, our current August edition uh, issue is 92 pages. It's got a glued square spine. It's heavy paper. I actually made the, p- the font a little bigger so I could read it without yeah, glasses. Nice, nice. So it was all done for the baby boomer, but there's great articles about how people are getting the confidence of looking at things as bad as they can be, structuring things in their lives to protect them for that, and then exploring early retirement the way they should be able to. I wrote my own personal story in called Rocky Mountain Cry. I, I, I took an early retirement trip so I could cross the Rocky Mountains with my family. And, mm. and I wrote it. I Actually, I was told I had 1,500 words. Well, I'm, I'm the editor-in-chief. I said, here's a 4,000-word <laughs> right, story. Yeah. I do what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little long, guys, but put it in. And I've been getting emails saying, you know what, Brett, the, to listen to a person share their emotions and, and how important this was. Yeah. You're inspirational, and I think now I understand what your point is about retirement dreams. So it's all connecting the dots, Eric, and, and I think I really do have a purpose, and I'm, I'm not afraid of, of what has happened to me in the past. I, I don't take anything and, and look at it as a, a failure. I look at it as a stepping stone, and, and what sometimes makes you weak at first makes you incredibly stronger later, and I, I'm at that That's point beautiful. in my life now. Yeah, that is beautiful. And drawing on the strength of a one-year-old is where it all started, right? That's, that's Thank God. definitely beautiful. I want to connect the dots for people that are listening to this. So how do they get a hold of you, and how do they get a hold of that magazine? So the magazine comes with anyone who's interested in our way of preparing for retirement. So if someone's interested in getting one of our worst-case scenario, our retirement blueprints, the magazine comes along with that. There's no charge for it. 
We also use these really cool laser inscribed USBs, which we think everyone should be putting their their most important financial oh, yeah. information on and throwing it in the firebox, right? Take a picture That's of right. all the good stuff in the house. So if they go to uh, getfreeblueprint.com, they could actually request a blueprint. We make you work for it. You got to fill out five forms. Tell us a little bit about you. And I want to know what the retirement dreams are. Mm -hmm. um, those are actually the first questions in getting a blueprint is what do you want to do? How many things do you want to do in retirement? And the second page in our blueprint is a dream board. So what we're doing is we're getting the conversation to a point where the fear can be the topic of the conversation. Deserve Magazine is our thank you for people that go to GetFreeBlueprint.com. Mm -hmm. They can also see the TV commercial on GetFreeBlueprint.com. There are no charges for what we do. Our model is basically simple. We offer we operate a paid referral type program where there's plenty of advisors out there in, in the world that want to meet people and they believe our message is, is the one that they want to meet people through. Yeah. And they're happy to support us so that we can do all this for the for the public without charge. And we do it with as little as a $250 paid flat fee. We don't get on cases. And mm -hmm. it's it's working, Eric. We've, we've got a huge following. It's only going to get bigger. I've been invited to be an in-studio guest as soon as they open up on Fox News. And I'm taking this message there. I'm taking yeah. all of this there. And I, I hope that I can help people avoid that thought that so many people succumb to. And I don't want it to happen. I, and I don't think it has to happen. Brett, I am so honored to be a speck on those line of dots for you. I, I look that forward to really watching, nice. watching you on that Fox News channel when they open back up and just watching what you guys accomplish because the message that you're bringing is one of hope, I believe. And bottom line is that you're, you're helping people to understand that things can be tailored to them. It's not a one-size-fit-all situation. This is tell me your hopes, tell me your dreams, tell me what your goals and plans are, and now let's talk about where you're at. Talk about the worst case scenario, what could be the best case scenario, and let's make something happen. And I love that. So, Brett, thank you so much for your time today. I, I, I just can't tell you how empowering this was to me. I appreciate that, Eric. And well, that was a great summary. So uh, that means it's working, right? So you got what I'm doing. And I, and I really appreciate the time and, and the microphone. So I appreciate everything. I love your show. Thank you. Hey, you bet. No, this has been fantastic. And you do have that. You've probably been told this before. You've got a voice for radio, and uh, it's, it's right there. So, hey, do you sing by any chance? How to cure? Not a chance, brother. Okay, <laughs> just I got to ask that question before we depart. So, all right. Well, Brett Sasso, thank you so much again, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. I'm sure. Thank you, Eric. You bet. And the last thank you goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Breakthrough Advisor Podcast. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when we come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at InsureMark, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.